0: The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, today we celebrate with the whole church around the world this great feast of the baptism of the Lord. It's the feast that brings to a close the Christmas season, in some ways inaugurates the ordinary time of the church's year. It's a great feast for many reasons. One is that it displays to us... The deepest meaning of who God is. We have in the reading for today one of the great theophanies in the New Testament, one of the great manifestations and showings of who God is. We also learn in this feast what the world is, what the world looks like at its best, and we learn what the church is. You see what I meant when I said this is a very important feast, packed with lots of meaning. Let me read to you first a little section from the Gospel from Matthew for today. After Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open for him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. That familiar image, Jesus in the waters of the Jordan. But listen again to the striking imagery. There's Jesus, the Son of God, standing in the waters with us sinners. And then from the heavens come the voice the voice of the Father, pronouncing, this is my beloved. And then in between the two, in between the voice and the Son, hovers the Spirit. What we have here is, in short, a manifestation of the Trinity, the three persons of God. From before all time, the Father has spoken the Son, From before all time, the Father speaks His Word. He speaks forth the Son. The Son, from before all time, looks back at the Father in love. The Spirit is the love, the peace, the communion, the conversation between Father and Son. In other words, what's revealed here by the banks of the Jordan is the deepest truth about God that has been the case from before all time. The play of love between the Trinitarian persons Father, Son, and Spirit is now revealed to us. But there's still another dimension. This story ought to call to mind another great biblical account. Remember at the very beginning of the book of Genesis the waters of chaos. Over the waters hovers the Spirit of God. And then God speaks. Let there be light. Let there be dry land. Let the land bring forth every living creature, and so on. In other words, this image of the baptism of the Lord calls to mind the primordial creation of the world, where once again the Father speaking forth the Son with the Spirit hovering over the water brings forth order out of chaos. What do we see revealed here? Christians, the deepest truth about things is a communio of love. Let me say that again. The deepest truth about things is a communio, a communion, a family of love. God is not a monolith, not one great single reality, but God is rather a play of persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, each unique, each distinctive, each different, yet joined as one. How is the world made? As a reflection of that reality. Father, Son, and Spirit are all involved in bringing forth the order of creation from chaos. The point is, the world, in all of its complexity, all of its wonder, all of its density, the world is meant to be a reflection of the Trinitarian nature of God. The many... Cohering as one. The one displayed as many. Christians, this is our unique understanding of things. There's a word for it, you know. And we hear it in the first letter of John. John says, God is love. Now, you know, that word love has been so sentimentalized, kind of emotionalized. What John means, I think, is very close to what I've been saying. God is love. That means God is a family and a community of unity in diversity. That's what love is. I look to the other. I find my union with you precisely in your otherness. You look to me and find union with me in my otherness. That's the language of love. Third point, this is the feast of the baptism of the Lord. Every one of us Christians, every one of us has been baptized into this reality. We share in the baptism of the Lord in this sense, that now we are drawn into the very dynamism of the Trinity. When you are baptized, you say, I now share in the relationship between the Father and the Son. I now live in the Spirit. The communio of the Trinity comes first. The communio of creation comes second. Third comes this intense communio of the church. Sharing and living in the very life of God. You know, let me make it a little bit more concrete, because St. Augustine told us you can find images of the Trinity everywhere in creation. Because the world reflects the Trinity, which is God, we can find signs of it everywhere. Where do you see this play of unity and diversity? Look up into the starry night sky. Listen to any astronomer, any astrophysicist. What will they tell you? The stars and the planets are arranged in these extraordinarily delicate communities, if you will, of unity and diversity. Don't the heavenly bodies themselves have a tendency to fall into harmonious relationships? The stars gathered as galaxies the planets as solar systems, the moons that circle around planets. Diversity, yes, of course. The Milky Way is made up of, what, billions upon billions of stars. But the unity, yet they cohere, they come together, they form a unity. So the solar system, made up of so many planets, yet in a kind of unified dance around the gravitational pull of the sun, Can we see this reflection of the Trinity in ecosystems? Well, sure, of plants and animals and bacteria and so on that make up the ecosystem of a place. Many, yes, of course, watch any of the nature programs, read any of the nature magazines, just in one little swatch of earth, the wild diversity of life that's on display. But what makes it an ecosystem, of course, is that it's unified. There's some balance and harmony which is established among these many. Do you see it in institutions and families? What makes a healthy family? Well, a play of diversity. The many members of a family, each each one being him or herself, yet now drawn together in love around a common principle. All of these in the imagination of the church are imagines trinitatis. They're images, signs of the Trinity. What goes wrong in all these cases? What would make a solar system fall apart? Well, if the sun or the star at the center of it became too weak, the unifying force were lost, the planets would soon just fly into their separate orbits and so on. What would happen to an ecosystem if it's unifying harmony and balance were lost? Well, it would just fall apart. What happens to a family that doesn't have enough love or authority or discipline to draw it together as one? Well, the members of the family just fall apart. What happens to institutions, companies, corporations? The same thing if they lose the unifying element. But now flip it around. Does it work the other way as well? Sure. There's too much diversity, too much play of difference. the things are lost. Solar system, ecosystem, family, company. Too much unity, too much diversity. That's what leads to the breakdown of these things, these realities. Reading it now as Christians... When the image of the Trinity is lost, all is lost. When our participation in the love which God is, is lost, all is lost. What's our job as baptized members of the Church of Jesus Christ? To witness to the world what love looks like. Unity and diversity respect for otherness, yet a drawing together as one. In that, we witness to the deepest truth of things and the deepest truth of God. Friends, you know, Cardinal George asked all Catholic priests this weekend to talk about racism. Last year, he wrote a wonderful letter called Dwell in My Love about the problem of racism from many perspectives. I think you can situate it very clearly in the context of what this feast is about. Where the Trinity is displayed. Where the world and its deepest meaning is displayed. Where the meaning of the church is displayed. The shock and the scandal and the sin of racism, as the Cardinal so clearly stated in his letter, is that it violates the love that God is. It violates the love that the world ought to be. It violates the love which should be the unifying power of the church. As he points out in the letter, you can see racism vividly displayed in Chicago, as is true in most of our major cities. Just drive through Chicago sometimes, through the neighborhoods. You can see it in the sharp demarcation that separates one neighborhood from another. Sometimes just crossing a given street will reveal to you enormous differences, economic, political, social. This, Christians, is a scandal. Whenever we so divide ourselves that we become enemies to one another, when you become a dangerous other to me, I have violated my Christian identity, and I have violated the deepest truth of the world. That's why this problem of racism is not just a social, political problem. It's a deeply spiritual, even, dare I say it, Trinitarian problem. What we need to do is to live our identity as baptized members of the body of Christ, and then refuse to cooperate with all that runs against that identity. Dwell in my love, the Cardinal says. That's the meaning of the whole Christian life. God bless. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. To purchase copies of The Word on Fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360.